So instead of murdering the dog owner, Moses just guts four of his sheep. <laughs> <laughs> That's hardly fair. Uh, I don't know what it is with Moses's and gutting sheep. Blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yep. <laughs> Old Testament jokes. Mm. Oh, welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. Enthusiasm! E-N-T-H-U-S-I-A-S-M! I love my job! Well, I'm glad that you're feeling enthusiastic, James, and I have one more thing for you to be enthusiastic about. And that is... We have a new patron! What? He was not the hero we deserved, but the hero we needed. He is there for us, always and forever, just like our other patrons. He has joy... Patrons? Patrons? <laughs> Just like our other patrons. He has joined the ranks of the blessed and marches forth in golden shoes. He is the lord of my life. The love of my soul. The joy of our spirits. The patron saint of patrons. What is his name, Aaron? Adam K. Now we have two Adams among our blessed patrons. May his name sing through history forever. May it indeed. Thank you, Adam K., you magnificent sir. Thank you to all of our patrons who give so generously to keep us alive and kicking. Now, with all that being said, we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurish best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're gonna try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? Al Capone and Moses the Black? Okay. <laughs> There's a pair of names. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I wonder what, uh, I wonder which one's the gangster. Could they both be gangsters? Possibly. Hmm, I guess we'll find out. But I think, first of all, if we're gonna find out about this, we've got to go to the history lab. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Yep. Down to the history lab. Unlikely pair, Al Capone and Moses the Black. One a notorious mobster from the Windy City turned con, the other a vicious criminal turned saint. I've only heard of one of these people, so that's about all I can say. In the battle for who is least interesting, only one can come out on bottom. Now Aaron, I have a question for you. Okay. If you could make anything illegal, what would it be? Country music. Oh, wow. Didn't even have to think. <laughs> Not even a question. Wow. No. No, see, country music has a, has a major problem nowadays. It okay. sounds too much like pop, and it sounds mm. too much like country. <laughs> I'm not sure I follow, but the problem right. is it sounds like it does, and that's a real, real big problem. Sounds like you have quite a bit of history with this genre of music. I spent five years in Texas, ah. and... Uh, <laughs> You know, even when I wasn't there, there were still weird Yankees up in Chicago who would listen to country. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, hey, I got nothing against, like, classical country. Sure. Like the old-fashioned mm. shit, the stuff that actually sounds country, but this bullshit about your giant-ass truck and your giant belt buckle and your giant state and how much of a giant tool you are. <laughs> you know, that's stuff that I don't tolerate. Yeah. Um, huh. What about you? What would you make illegal? Mowing the lawn. Oh? Yes. Why? I still have grudges from childhood. You know, I meet people all the time who say their favorite scent is fresh cut grass. Hmm. Well, they're delusional. Yes, exactly. I, whenever somebody says that, I'm like, then you've never mowed a lawn. Because <laughs> no. every time I smell that smell, I'm like, 
Damn it. Childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, mm, eh. anyway, so mowing the lawn and country music, two things that usually go together. (laughs) What is rattling? Do you hear that? I found it. (laughs) An earthquake. (laughs) All right, enough fooling around. Let's get this thing going. So, uh, computer, please bring up Al Capone and Moses the Black. Affirmative, my lord. All right, so we have Al Capone and Moses the Black, and I think we'll start with Al Capone. Great. So what is he best known for? Al Capone is best known for being a molester during the... What? Uh, sorry, mobster. Oh, He's best known for being a mobster during the American Prohibition. That was uh, that was phoned in, everybody, in case you were wondering what that meant. <laughs> uh, okay, well, what did he look like? Uh, looks nothing like Robert De Niro. Oh. Mm-hmm. Much uh, more like a chubby Mark Ruffalo. Oh. So, Mark, if you're listening, have a go at being Al Capone. Okay. It'd be perfect for you. Al also looks like he's got it all figured out. There's a possibly well-deserved arrogance in his expressions. More on that later. Hmm. But uh, I, I'm more interested in Moses the Black, because we've all heard of Al Capone, but not everyone's heard of Moses the Black. So, what was he best known for? Moses the Black is best known for being a badass monk. Okay. <laughs> uh, interestingly, though, he also goes by a few other titles. Okay. Some of these are the Abyssinian, oh. the <laughs> Ethiopian. <laughs> okay. There's only one? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Saint Moses? Okay. Uh, not as in the Old Testament guy. Or? I was going to say, there's already a really a, famous Moses yeah. who may or may not be a Different saint. Moses. Okay. Uh, he's also called the Strong. Okay. <laughs> and my personal favorite, Abba Moses the Robber. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he's usually called Moses the Black. Okay, that's... And I wonder why he's called Moses the Black, James. Mm, why, yeah. Well, what's, so what's he look like? He is, uh, he's black. Oh. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of all we have. <laughs> so he's called Saint Moses the Black because he's black. Uh, okay. I, know. I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, different times, different times. <laughs> so uh, how about we just jump right over into Al Capone's early life? Let's do it. Okay. So the first thing you need to know mm-hmm. is that Al is not Al Capone's full first name. Oh, it's an abbreviation of Alphonse, which hmm. is one O short of Alfonso, which is the best name available to us in these dark years. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, I'm just saying, Alfonso's the best name. Okay. If you're named Alfonso, good for you. <laughs> uh, so Capone was born to a pair of Italian immigrants. Uh, his father was a barber, and his mother was a seamstress, and the pair of them had nine children together. Wow. Yeah, so there was Al, Ralph, Salvatore, called Frank, Ermina, Ermino, Albert, <laughs> Matthew, Mafalda, and Vincenzo, who, interestingly enough, changed his name to Richard Hart, and became a prohibition agent in Nebraska. Ooh. And if you know anything about Al Capone, it's that he's probably not a fan of uh, right. of uh, Richard Hart. Um, but anyway, so the Capone family didn't go straight to America when they first left Italy, hmm. interestingly enough. They stopped in Austria-Hungary in 1983. Oh my god, 1893. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then finally got onto a boat to the U.S. and ended up in Brooklyn. Hmm. Capone was enrolled in school and was apparently pretty damn sharp. But it was, you know, a Catholic school and Capone was not exactly the kind of kid who liked mm. rules. And if you know anything about Catholic schools, rules are exactly the thing you have to get along with in order to survive. Mm. But there was one rule that was not exclusive to Catholic school that Capone broke. At 14, he slapped his teacher in the face and was oh. promptly expelled. <laughs> wow. I couldn't find any info on this either. Like, That's awesome. Why he did it, 
Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, so now he started working as like a general laborer in Brooklyn. So he worked in a bowling alley setting pins. He was also a stock boy at a candy store. It was during this time that he found his in with the mob. Ooh, he took notice of a man named Johnny Torrio. That pro- just sounds like a mobster. <laughs> Probably Torrio. <laughs> uh, who was running a billiards operation as a front for loan sharking, gambling, the latter of which was illegal at the time, hmm. prostitution, hijackings, and opium trafficking. Oh, God. Yeah. That went downhill really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a- oh, loan sharking. Oh, that's pretty bad. Gambling? Well, that's not even illegal now. No. Prostitution hijacks. Oh, God. Opium traffic. <laughs> opium. <laughs> so it had all the hallmarks of being a legitimate op besides the stuff behind the scenes. Right. But Al really liked this fresh new crime culture he'd discovered. Who doesn't? Now, Johnny Torrio was tangentially involved with a gang called the Five Points Gang, which was located in Lower Manhattan. Uh, and he ended up helping them in small ways, but not too specific ways. Okay. Yeah. So he's working at a, as a, as a, at a club owned by a racketeer, and one night, as a doorman, he insulted some woman completely by accident. And uh, oh. Oh. this pissed off her brother named Frank Galluccio, and the brother proceeded to slash Copain uh, <laughs> Capone across the face with a knife. What? Wow. Yeah. Now get this. The club owner was pissed at Capone for the slashing. What? And demanded that Capone apologize to Frank. And Capone did it. And then he hired him as a bodyguard. What? What is the story? I know. So uh, anyway, this is how Capone got his nickname Scarface, and he hated it. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Uh, He had another nickname. I can't remember what it was. It was like Storkins or something like that. Porkins. Bubble Boy. Borkins. Something like that. Something really weird because he dressed up. (laughs) So uh, now Capone decides to get married to a woman named May... Coughlin, and they have a son. That doesn't sound very Italian. I know, but she wasn't, so there. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's about now that Capone decides it's time to head to Chicago. <sighs> and that's where we'll leave him for now and jump on over to Moses the Black. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So, let's look at Moses the Black. He was born in the year 330 AD in Ethiopia. Ah, that's why he has the name the Ethiopian. Yes, the he's one. the only one there. <laughs> uh, he somehow became a slave or servant to a powerful aristocrat in Roman Egypt. We have no idea how. Huh. All we know is that he did not like being a slave. Oh. So he murdered a dude and then stole from his owner. What? Wait, yes. what? What does that have to do with... What the fuck, Pickles? What is he doing? I guess he's having a look. Uh... At what? We're underground. Just sprinkling hair in my coffee as we speak. Mm. Ugh. Fucking pickles. Anyway, so Moses the Black... <laughs> Sorry. Airball. There was hair in my coffee. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so Moses murdered someone, then stole from his owner, and because of this, his owner basically just threw him out. Okay, I got it. Do you have any idea how he got away with a murder? Nope. Okay. So he's... I mean, it's... Out. It's the Roman Empire. There's murder all the time. Sure enough. (laughs) Okay, so now on the streets, Moses quickly turned to crime in order to survive. Ah. He joined a gang of robbers and was quickly made the leader of them because of his impressive physical strength and imposing character. (laughs) That's pretty badass. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it comes back in the story, so just remember that. Oh, okay. Yes. So now Moses' gang is roaming the Egyptian countryside, pillaging, stealing, and murdering. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They became rather infamous pretty quick. Oh. It was said that even the name Moses the Black caused people to shudder with fear. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. So on one occasion, Moses is attempting to rob a house when a dog just starts ferociously barking at him, forcing him to pull off the robbery. Wow. (laughs) Yep. So uh, Moses, being the scary motherfucker that he is, swears vengeance on the owner of the dog. That's not fair. (laughs) No, it's, it's really not. Uh, as it turns out, the owner lives on the other side of the Nile. Ah. So Moses then does the only reasonable thing. 
He clenches a knife between his teeth and proceeds to swim across the entire Nile. <laughs> Once he arrives to the house of the dog owner, Moses begins looking for the man with the goal of gruesomely murdering him. However, that same dog begins barking and gives his owner enough time to sufficiently hide. So instead of murdering the dog owner, Moses just guts four of his sheep. Oh my God. <laughs> That's hardly fair. Uh, I don't know what it is with Moses's and gutting sheep. <laughs> oh, blasphemy. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Old Testament jokes. Hmm. Uh. So after he guts these sheep, he swims back across the Nile. But word got out to authorities, and this, I guess, was the last straw. So now the local soldiers are after Moses. On behalf of the sheep. Yep. He was a bad dude. I'm not going to respond. Okay. <laughs> uh, the soldiers eventually find Moses, and a great chase ensues. Nice. Moses's, Moses manages to evade them by taking shelter in a desert monastery outside of Alexandria, and this is where we will leave him for now. I get the feeling that this is a character that will appear in the new Assassin's Creed. I'm Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, yes. enough about that. I say we take a quick break, yep. and when we come back, we'll talk about Al Capone's adult life and see how fucked up it is. Woohoo! <laughs> Welcome back to We Talk About Dead People. And when we left off, we were talking about Moses the Black and how he murdered several sheep. Mm. And is now on the run. Do you like euros? Like the sandwich or the money? Well, <laughs> I, know this, I know the answer to the second question. No, I mean as in the sandwich. I love them. Mm. They're yeah, amazing. Me too. Mm. Uh, but the funny thing is, whenever I eat one, I, about halfway through I start to feel a little queasy for some reason. Really? But I don't stop eating because... They're I, so good. They're so good. Oh, yeah. Mm, euros. That's what I, I'm envisioning Moses the Black just killing sheep to make a few euros. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> okay, well, hey, let's go back to Al Capone and get into his adult life. Okay. So Capone is in Chicago, and he's got syphilis. Oh, everyone in <laughs> Chicago does. That's not news. <laughs> well, back then, maybe not everybody. Okay. So uh, how did this happen? Uh, you know, he was just working as a bouncer at a brothel, ah. and he never went in for treatment. He just kind of... Toughed it out, I guess. Oh. Uh, didn't stop him from buying a house, though. He became a promotions guy for boxing outfits and events. Hmm. But do you remember Johnny Torrio? I do. The gangster from New York? Yes. Yes, well, he's been busy. Oh. Apparently, within a couple of years of Capone moving to the city, Torrio had taken over an old em uh, old crime empire. Whoa. An old empire, like the Roman Empire <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, anyways, this, this empire was formerly run by a gangster known as Colosimo. Ooh. Yeah, which I don't. I'm assuming common. that has something to do with the Colosseum, but I don't. I have no idea. He built the. He Coliseum. built the Colosseum. <laughs> so uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, so uh, it's suspected that Capone and Torrio conspired to have Colosimo murdered, but this is just a suspicion. Okay. Anyway, if it wasn't a murder, it was pretty convenient for Torrio because now he was literally running the biggest Italian crime group in the city of Chicago. Did I mention they killed Colosimo? Mm. No. No, they did, and uh. now Torrio's in charge. Uh, but let's see, too so... Young, too young, Yes, but him running the uh, biggest crime group in the city of Chicago doesn't mean he's running the only crime group. So what does this mean? In the city of Chicago. This means war. Oh. Literally, because gang wars were big in Chicago at the time. Go figure, it's the 20s. Mm. Yeah. But Torrio was much more interested in appropriating his smaller rival gangs into his own empire. Okay. Yeah, as opposed to just Smart. destroying them. He's like, work for me. Yeah. Uh, so to do this, Torrio had to have someone murdered. Ah. That someone, a flower shop owner... And leader of the Northside gang, Dino Bannon. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, no, this guy was a bit of a hothead and was causing a lot of problems with other gang members. It's always the flower dudes. Mm -hmm. It's very complicated and very diplomatic, and I 
have no idea how to start. But basically, <laughs> what happened is that the club owner from New York who made Capone apologize to the man who slashed him, his name was Frankie yeah. Yale, walked into Dean's flower shop while he was busy clipping some chrysanthemums, bringing, him, uh, bringing two men with him. Hmm. So Dean shakes Frank's hand and then pulls him close. Oh, so close. Oh. Steps aside and the two men with Frank shot Dean five times. Oh, okay. And get this, get this. Uh, Dean's gang was not happy about this. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, they, they were not happy about losing their fearless leader, the flower shop man. Mm. Uh, no, sir. And now revenge against Rio's gang was totally at the top of the list priorities. Hmm. So Capone gets ambushed and escapes unscathed. But Torrio also gets ambushed and gets shot several times. <laughs> And he recovers. Gosh. (laughs) Unfortunately, though, he's a bit shook up and probably suffering the effects of whatever getting shot several fucking times will do to you. Yeah. Uh, And gives control of the gang to none other than Al Capone, who is 26 and is now in charge of one of the largest alcohol smuggling Uh. operations in the United States. Oh, gosh. This network went all the way to Canada and involved dozens of corrupt politicians and policemen. And get this. What? Sometimes the police escorted liquor shipments. What? (laughs) Yup. Corrupt police? No! God damn it. Uh, now I want to watch The Untouchables. Yeah, yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They gotta be untouchable. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, Capone loves to flex. So mm. he literally starts blowing up establishments that won't buy his illegal oh, liquor. God. He kills something like a hundred people Jeez. throughout the 20s. Uh, it sort of, well, he ordered it. He didn't do it himself. But, right. Uh, he also decides to open some more brothels around the city. And uh, guess what? Hmm. People really like liquor and sex, Do so they? Capone just gets so fucking rich, oh, and the man just buys everything. He's got uh. cigars, suits, food, women, and Templeton rye, <laughs> which was apparently his favorite drink. He liked getting wow. it from Iowa for some reason. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, any war. Anyway, he wore jewels regularly, and whenever he was seen in public, people were taking his photo and putting him on the front page of the newspapers. And in this way, he became literally a national celebrity. Oh, yeah. So with money and fame, he had no problem rigging the elections in Chicago, and eventually had the entire city in his pocket. You know, Americans really like people who say fuck you to the government or the establishment. Yes, they do. Even like, if it's Al Capone, who yeah. blew up a hundred people. <laughs> well, it reminds me of Dillinger, who was around this time, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. They like Robin Hoods. Yeah. yeah. He was described as a Robin Hood, and so was Dillinger. Hmm. So, uh, anyway... He's not completely off the hook, because the old gang of Dino Bannons is still after him. Hmm. And at one point, they open fire on his hotel room with Tommy guns and blow out all the windows. Capone is in uninjured, and the shooters drive away. Hmm. But Capone still tries to call for a truce between the two gangs, which they don't accept. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and Capone's men just start getting picked off. Ugh. One of his men is shot in the streets, and another is kidnapped and murdered by some of O'Bannon's men. Yikes. So uh, Capone becomes a little worried about his safety, and decides it's time to leave Chicago for a while. So he buys the seating on an entire train car, <laughs> and takes the late train to various places all over the U.S., bringing along his best people, and paying for awesome hotel suites and staying there for a week or two. <laughs> During all this shit, Capone is still organizing political gains in his favor. One of the most interesting of these is what's called the Pineapple Primary. That sounds so tasty. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Oh. Unless you like the taste of explosions and human flesh. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> you do listen to metal after all. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, so... um. Oh, I lost the my Pineapple spot. Primary. Pineapple Primary. Uh, where an attempt to get the, a corrupt mayor in office, Capone hired bombers to blow up voting Whoa. offices where his candidates' opponents might get the most votes. <laughs> there were 62 bombings in six months during this Holy shit. Holy crap. And Capone's candidate won. Go figure. Hmm. Yeah. Good. 
So Capone is also still putting the pressure on the North Side Gang and organizes what is known as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, God. Intercepting seven North Side Gang members, four men, two dressed as police officers, two in trench coats and fedoras, jumped out of a car and approached the North Side Gang members, yelling for them to get up against the wall. Hmm. And thinking they were under arrest, they did so. Okay. Um, and then the fake policemen opened fire with shotguns and tops of machine Oh, guns. God. Yeah. Just a slaughter. Uh-huh. And when the real cops arrived, only one of the gang members was still alive. And when they asked him who shot him, he said, no one shot me. Oh, wow. That's kind of scary. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even the gangs, with their rivals, reason, whatever, are still against the law altogether. Interesting. Mm. Uh, at this point, Capone receives a summons to testify on the case, but, is, but he sends in a sick note and gets out of it. Uh, for this, he's arrested on contempt of court charges. Good. Uh, he was also charged again the next year with vagrancy charges at Miami Beach. What? I, I have no idea why. He got charged in Chicago, too, for the same thing. Okay. Uh, after this, he just kept getting peppered with these petty legal charges until he was finally convicted on tax evasion and was sentenced to 11 years in prison in Atlanta. Hmm. Here, he was diagnosed with syphilis. He still had it, gonorrhea, and withdrawal symptoms of cocaine addiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Taking so he, care of his body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was tasked to stitching shoes for eight hours a day. Oh. And this, with the cocaine withdrawals and the syphilis, uh, nearly drove him mad. Oh. And the other prisoners didn't like him either. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> Noting this, prison officials had had him moved to Alcatraz. Oh. Uh, here he was stabbed. What? But That's he survived. Oh, oh. <laughs> We're not in the dead section yet. <laughs> I was going to say. So, uh, no, um, that wasn't going to kill him. It was, no, it was the syphilis. Mm. Yeah, so he mm. became confused and disoriented pretty much all the time because of the syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and spent his last year on Alcatraz in the hospital. Alcatraz has a hospital? Uh, apparently. <laughs> it's underwater. <laughs> After finishing up there, though, uh, he had to serve his contempt of court charge still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gosh. And was sent to California. Hmm. But I think that's enough about him, so let's move to Moses, the Black's adult life. Yes. So, when we last left Moses, he was hiding from local authorities in a desert monastery. While hiding, he began to observe the lifestyle of the monks, who welcomed him and did not turn him in. Wow. Here he was overpowered by the love of Jesus and converted to Christianity and asked to join the monks. Wow. So this wasn't like him fooling around. Oh no, he was completely overwhelmed by their love and mercy. Wow. So they agreed to this arrangement and Moses became a monk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he became super religious super fast. He followed the rules of the monastery strictly and would often lock himself in a lone cell so that he could just cry and cry and cry oh. and repent for his many sins. Wow. <laughs> Talk about life change. What a change though. Seriously. Yeah. That's amazing. But the story of Abba Moses the robber does not end here. Oh no. <laughs> So one day while Moses is praying in his lonely cell, four robbers who had previously been a part of Moses' gang begin to attack and rob the mo monastery. Oh no. Moses gets up, marches to the men, and proceeds to beat them all to a pulp. Oh my god. <laughs> he then ties them up and carries them to the monastery elders. He told them that he, he did not feel it was very Christian-like to kill the robbers, so he asked what he should do with the four bloodied and conscious robbers. <laughs> I still can't believe he beat up four of them. <laughs> this guy, like... This they keep monk. on saying he was really strong, so... <laughs> yeah, well, maybe he was really tall and just was, like, literally as tall as all four of them on, on their shoulders. There was, like, I think this, that's the only there was, like, explanation. This showdown where they all get on each other's shoulders and then there's Moses and they come into the room and he just hits them with his shepherd's staff. <laughs> Let my people go! Parts the Red Sea. Mm, uh, of blood. Yeah, actually, though... <laughs> 
So uh, what did they do? Anyway, the elders ordered Moses to let the dudes go, and he did. Upon regaining consciousness and health, the four robbers were so moved by the kindness and mercy of the monks that they repented and joined the monastery. <laughs> Oh my god. When the rest of the gang heard about this and that their past leader Moses was now a monk, they all gave up oh. their lives of crime and joined the monastery. Oh, so there's like this badass team of ex-robbers who became monks. Yeah. Oh, don't want to mess with them. No, sir. Yeah. Uh, but Moses had a pretty intense personal struggle throughout his days as a monk. The life of crime and adventure was always nagging him to return, and it was near impossible for Moses to say no. Wow. He went to the head abbot of the monastery, who was named Isidore, and asked him for advice. Isidore instructed Moses that triumphing over this personal demon would be a lifelong struggle and told him that discipline and honesty to self were the best ways to overcome. Huh. Thus, Moses, under Isidore's guide, began fasting heavily and spent most nights alone in his cell praying. Well, that's one way to do it. I guess. <laughs> On one of these nights, Isidore came to him and instructed him to stand and to remain standing all night. Oh. Instead of sleeping, all he was to do was to continuously pray. Isidore returned to him in the morning and took him out to watch the sunrise. As the two watched the sunrise, Isidore told Moses, Only slowly do the rays of the sun drive away the night and usher in a new day. And thus, only slowly does one became, become a perfect contemplative. Wow! I mean, this advice is really good. Yeah. <laughs> we all need an Isidore in our life. Wow, that's actually like, you could make a movie about that. I know. Only slowly do the rays of sun drive away the night and usher in a new day. Yes. Make sure you apply sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> so what know. happened next? Uh, then Isidore proceeds to show Moses a vision. Whoa. Mm -hmm. In this vision, Moses saw an army of angels lining up to face an army of demons. Isidore explained to Moses that the angels would triumph over the demons, but it was necessary for Moses to cleanse himself of his lust for sin. What? Oh, so... And that's it. <laughs> so that's basically the army of demons versus the army of angels is Moses himself. Yeah, it's like an inner de demon struggle, huh. I guess. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Moses continued to fight against his personal sins and became rather loved by his fellow monks and the locals. <laughs> On one occasion, one of Moses' fellow monks was charged with a particularly bad sin. Uh, I couldn't find what oh. it was, only that it was bad. <laughs> Probably slashing Al Capone across the cheek. Oh. <laughs> That's not a sin. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the monks held a trial for this man, and Moses was asked to help dictate a sentence for the sinful monk. I wonder if he'll be merciful. Uh, Moses refused to attend the trial. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> when asked again, Moses reluctantly showed up late and carrying a large basket of sand that was leaking all over the floor. Uh, okay. <laughs> when the monks asked Moses why he was carrying the sand, Moses responded, My sins run out behind me and I do not see them, but today I am coming to judge the errors of another. Oh. Upon hearing this, the other monks were so moved that they decided to let the accused monk go without punishment. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like what Jesus said, like, without who who's without sin throw the first stone or kind of yeah 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 i kind of like the visual aid a little better though <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just picture just tons and tons of sand filling this room well and then <laughs> maybe it leaks out too fast so he gets almost to the steps <laughs> yeah. like oh shit it turns around fills it up with more sand comes in it's all empty i oh god damn it <laughs> i'll be back and that's why he was late <laughs> exactly uh. On another occasion, the governor of northern Egypt wished to meet Moses because he had heard of how great this guy was. So the governor and his entourage traveled to the monastery only to find Moses gone. None of the other monks knew where he had gone. Uh, Moses, upon hearing that the governor was coming to see him, had fled because he thought himself too sinful to meet the governor. Uh, too sinful or too guilty of murdering four sheep, because... Ooh, good question. Uh, yeah, hmm. hmm. 
Uh, but, but while Moses was fleeing, some of the governor's servants happened to run into him and asked him if he knew where the monk Moses was because their master desired to meet him. Moses responded, go no farther to see this false and unworthy monk. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's kind of clear this guy has some self-worth problems. <laughs> He's bad at self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> Later in life, Moses was elected deacon of the monastery because the other monks just loved this guy. Okay. The story is... Uh... Okay, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Different times. Okay. So when the monks ordained Moses as a deacon, they clothed him in white robes and exclaimed, Now Abba Moses is entirely white! (laughs) (laughs) Moses responded by saying, Only outwardly, for God knows that I'm still dark within. Wow. I don't know. It just kind of makes me uncomfortable. Uh, Why? Uh, (laughs) uh, I I don't know. I I mean, I get that the other monks were probably Egyptians. They were probably dark-skinned themselves, but I don't know. The way they say it. Yeah. (laughs) Now he's white. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so now Moses, a deacon, continued to just be a great guy. On one occasion, the bishop of the monastery decided to test Moses' character and faith by having the other monks drag Moses before the altar. Uh, Okay. Here, the bishop told Moses that he was unworthy and unclean and kicked him out of the monastery forever. Wow. Moses humbly accepted the charges and left. This was, of course, a test, though. Uh, Moses was immediately brought back in and ordained to the priesthood. Uh... Uh, what the, well, that's a roller coaster of emotion right there. <laughs> My life is a... Oh, I'm a priest. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's, I guess, where we'll leave him until he dies. Yeah. So Spoiler let's alert. go to Capone's end in death. Okay. Uh, and if you remember, he had just gotten out of Alcatraz and had been put in another prison, uh, and he was suffering from syphilis, mm. and it had gotten to his little neurocapacitor called his brain. Ah. Yeah, so in 1939, Capone had served all of his time and was let free. Oh, Uh, But he was no longer the boss of the Chicago outfit. Mm. Yep. The only thing he was the boss of was his bedroom at Union Memorial Hospital in Baltimore. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, And he was there for a year. Hmm. At At which point he moved to Palm Island, Florida. And six years later, a doctor evaluated Capone and concluded that he had the mental co- competency of a 12-year-old. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, so they, he was... <laughs> he was a shell of a man. Yeah, he was a shell of a man for sure. Um, <laughs> and if he had the competency of a 12-year-old, he was probably like, can we play more video games? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think his favorite video game was? Oh, God. Capone? Payday the Heist. Payday the Heist would be one. Yeah. Uh, probably Mafia. Oh, true. Yeah, Mafia yeah. 2. Um... And I would say... Plants vs. Zombies. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, so he was there for a year. Oh, uh, okay. Just in this mansion, slowly wasting away. Um, and then he had a stroke. Which mm. he survived. Oh, wow. Uh, at which point he caught pneumonia. Oh. And then suffered cardiac arrest. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then died three days later. Oh. Uh, and they buried him in Mount Carmel Cemetery in Hillside, Illinois. Oh, I didn't know he was around here. No, me neither. I mean, what? Shoot. Uh, not around here. We are We're in, in Wisconsin, Alaska. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so his track record as a mob boss left 33 specific people assassinated by his orders. Mm. And that's not even taking into account the other killings that were committed on behalf of his business and gang, including mm. the 100, 100 people who were killed at the polls. Right. Uh, what a scumbag. Yeah, pretty scummy. Hmm. But anyway, let's, uh, let's hear about the not-so-scummy Moses the Black... Great. And his end. <laughs> and his death. And I can't do words today. No, you can't. What's wrong with you? So anyway. All right. 
So back to Moses. Mm. Around the year 400 or 405 AD, the monks of Moses' monastery got word that a group of Berber Bedouin raiders <laughs> were approaching the monastery. Berber. <laughs> Berber. Yeah, they were there were some pretty terrible warriors. Really? Yeah, the Berbers oh. all along North North Africa. Like not very good or Oh no, they were pretty feared. Uh, oh. the Romans never <laughs> conquered them. Oh. They were around until the, the Muslim expansions. Wow, yep. that's impressive for mm. somebody named Berber. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they had barbers. <laughs> Berber barber. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's interesting, you know. Uh, the word barber comes, or barbarian comes from uh, from the Latin for beard. And also, also, uh, the Romans called them barbarians because their language sounded like bar, 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 bar. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was Greek. Maybe. I don't know. One Probably the, Greek. One, one of those two. Uh, one of, they're the same. <laughs> I don't know the difference. Uh, uh, but anyway, so these raiders are pretty bad. Yes. Uh, and they're common. So the monks panicked because they were utterly defenseless to such raiders. Some of the monks wanted to arm themselves in order to fight off the raiders, but Moses forbade it. Oh. Moses and his mentor Isidore calmed their brother monks and came up with a plan. Oh, is this like going to be Home Alone shit or something? Like they're not going to kill him, they're just going to hit him with paint cans? <laughs> kind of. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Moses, Isidore, and five other monks volunteered to stay behind and meet with the Berbers, which oh. probably meant death. Yeah. Well, we're in that section, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh. In order... They did this in order to buy enough time for the other monks to escape. Okay. The other monks begged Moses to leave with them, but he calmly responded, For many years now, I have awaited the time when the words which my master... Master? Which my master, <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ, said should be fulfilled... All who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Well, he's still feeling bad about when he was a uh, robber. <laughs> but I was going to say, if they're coming with a sword and they're going to kill you, you're still going to perish by the sword whether you have one or not. That's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, they waited for these yeah. attackers. Moses, Isidore, and five other monks. Okay. When the desert raiders reached the monastery, they quickly entered in and began pillaging. Moses, Isidore, and the other five monks were all killed. Oh, just like that? Just like that. Oh, God. Uh, as Moses, Isidore, and another monk named Zechariah all lay next to each other dying Moses said with his dying words rejoice and be glad O my son Zechariah for the gates of heaven have been opened well shit <laughs> Moses was 75 years old when he died well at least he lived a long life let's yeah. be honest yeah that's, that's true pretty sad way to go getting some <laughs> axe thrown through your chest or something yep <laughs> he's left kind of a legacy though oh. uh, he's been sainted by the orthodox church and has gone down in history as a man who stood for non-violence non ah. he has a shrine in the Paramios monastery in Egypt and there's a cool organization known as the Brotherhood of St. Moses, which aims to make the Orthodox faith more accessible to those of African descent. Fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. So, pretty cool. That's pretty good to go down for nonviolence in violent ways. Yep. <laughs> Safe <so. laughs> uh, Well, it's kind of a shorter episode. Really? But what are we at? Oh. 33 minutes. Oh, my God. Well, hey, we're lazy. We, we are lazy. Mm. So, uh, I think, though... 30 minutes is pretty good. I feel good about that. Yeah. Accomplished, whatnot. Plus, there's not much on Moses anyway. That's mm. true. Except that he was called Moses the Black, which is... Made the Ten same. Commandments. Mm. <laughs> uh, is that true? Oh, you know what we should do? What? Uh, I'm... Okay, we have to decide what your Ten Commandments are. Oh, my Aaron Ten Commandments? Yes. Pick what are your Ten Commandments? Oh, God. I don't know if I can come up with ten. We're gonna write this down. I'll help you out. Uh, one... Mm -hmm. Never... Under any circumstances, uh -huh. ever, yes, for any reason, okay, ever, 
Uh, uh, invade Russia. <laughs> Number one. Okay, well, that's that's pretty good. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't kill. That's an obvious oh, one. Oh, okay, good. Okay. And number three, uh, mm, don't read Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh-huh. Mm, Up there with don't kill. Number four, uh, don't read Fifty Shades Darker. Ah, uh, okay. Number five, uh, don't go to... Jupiter. Jupiter. Yep. Okay. And six. What are we at? Six, uh, ride a Tyrannosaurus Rex as soon as possible. Okay. Number eight. Uh, bring... Oh, you skipped number seven. I, I wanted to skip number seven. There is no... Shit. Number seven's a holy number. Ah, We right. don't do that. Okay. No. Number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are the only true heterosexual man. Yes, I am the only true heterosexual <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought we were doing me, not Jim Jones. Uh, yeah, well... Uh, well, know, Jim Jones probably would have done me if comment. I needed to connect with his message. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're at nine, right? Listen to episode four if you don't know who Jim Jones is. Yeah, you gotta is. listen to episode four to hear about Jim Jones and to get that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, episode or episode nine, uh, commandment number nine. Okay, commandment number nine. Drive a giant truck mm. off a cliff. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's is... number nine. No, number ten. Uh, 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 oh God, help me out here, James. <laughs> um. Hmm. Well, we'll pause the episode until we think of something. <laughs> number ten should be. Uh, 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 our listeners are going to be so bored. We got to think of something, Aaron. Number 10. Uh, celebrate Christmas on Halloween. Oh, God. All right. Well, know. that's it. <laughs> our 10 commandments, ladies and gentlemen. Where do I sign to join your faith? Uh, right here. On your chest? What yes. the fuck? <laughs> Oh, God. It's time to end this, this episode. Is, this hey, is, everybody, this is called padding. <laughs> We're going to end this episode and go up to the surface. Uh, uh, yeah, let's go. I think it's about time to bring this show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate mail to we talk about dead people podcast at gmail.com. We will read all of it and not along. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on patreon.com. That's patreon.com slash we talk about dead people, even as little as a dollar. As much as it costs to buy a deadly dose of rotten cheese helps tremendously. Cheese! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at ipattersonillustration.com. And with all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of life itself play you out. <sighs> so, James, what are your plans for the rest of your life? My mm, rest of my life? I don't know. I suppose this podcast and scratching around for money somewhere. That's it? Yeah, that's that's it. I approve of this plan. You approve of this plan? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Is that... Is that all I am? A podcaster? <laughs> that's... That's it? Hey, uh, hey, it's, it's me. Yeah, I know, it's, it's been a long time. Um, like, I don't know how to say this. Uh, do, do you want to meet up again sometime? I feel like we need to catch up. Really? 
Okay, um, I'll see you there at six o'clock. Great. Look, we talked through the night. The sun's coming up. I I have something I want to ask you. It's important, I think. Maybe the most important thing in the world. What's in the envelope, babe? Oh, oh my God! Is it? Is is this? Are you? Have a great first day, honey. History. Promise me. Promise me you'll live. Promise me. James? James? Uh, what? You good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs>